Welcome, everybody, to Soccer 101, the show in which we attempt to scratch the soccer itches you never knew you had. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and this week we're pondering a curious rule that has had some interesting impact. Why does a player receive a yellow card for taking off their shirt in celebration? It seems innocuous enough, but attempts to explain the rule inevitably devolve into conspiracies about greed, sponsorship, and FIFA's authoritarian approach, or perceived authoritarian approach. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, because I still need to introduce my co-host, a man who is recording, I'm checking checking here, yes, is wearing a shirt, has not yet been booked. (laughs) It's Graham Ruffin. Graham, thank you for keeping your shirt on through that introduction. Hello, Taylor Rockwell. I was actually going to do a bet and and say that both of us had our shirts off and and and, and tribute for this uh, right, episode. Well, obviously, being a being a, a an audio medium, uh, listeners can't see that. But yeah, you've given the game away now. I do have a shirt on, but Man. we'll see how long that lasts throughout the episode. So many different uh, Scottish Premiership clubs on Graham's torso. I I knew that there was a Celtic <laughs> on there. Uh, I knew Sterling was on there, even though they're not a Premiership club yet. But yeah. uh, Rangers, Scott, I see Aberdeen Scott in Brown's there. Brown's face as well, round round here. <laughs> around the corner hearts on one side of the ribs hibs on the other side and yeah. i mean that internally he's got the internal hibs tattoo you know how uh, you see those maps that you can buy and you can frame the, the map of a country and it, and it plots every club yeah. in that country yeah. uh, that's essentially what my torso looks I like mean, i mean i appreciate it that's a that's a dedication to scottish football yeah. graham uh but we do have our shirts on we have not been booked uh but uh we had this question suggested by a listener and it's one of those ones that i love because it's a minor thing, but it is still one that I think any anybody who's watching soccer and sees a player celebrate scoring the winner and then taking the shirt off and then seeing a yellow card be produced, that's a little bit confusing. This question popped up in the past World Cup when uh, Vincent Abubakar, after scoring that great goal, takes yeah. his shirt off to celebrate. He was already on a yellow. He gets a second yellow and gets a red card for that one. And that seems like a ridiculous amount of punishment for a goal-scoring celebration. Uh, but Graham... Let's start with when this rule was brought in, and then we can get into why it was brought in. Because it was not always the case. There was a time when Ryan Giggs was able to take his shirt off and show his hairy, hairy chest, (laughs) and there was no card produced. Yeah, so FIFA's Law 12 is the part of the laws of the game that outlaws taking your shirt off to celebrate a goal. Um, and it states that players who take their shirt off while celebrating a goal will be showing showing a yellow card. And the rule was brought in all the way um, back in 2004 after a, an IFAB meeting. For anyone who doesn't know, IFAB is the body that sort of sits independ- independently of FIFA, but they take recommendations from FIFA on, on rules and laws. And so they're the, the people that decide the laws of the game and they tend to meet once or twice a year and in in those meetings they will vote through any changes made to the law so this was a law that was brought in back in 2004 and it's in the foul the fouls and misconduct section of the ifab laws i i looked through the ifab laws earlier this morning that's where i found it and it calls it quote unsporting behavior is what it, it, it calls taking a shirt off after celebrating a goal so that that is interesting in itself. I'm going to read a, a section please, of, please the, it's so of fun the law to read. for clarity. <laughs> so, quote, players can celebrate when a, a goal is scored, but the celebration must not be excessive. Choreographed celebrations are not encouraged. I love that that's in the law because it's not even saying that there's a punishment for yeah. it. It's just saying they're not encouraged. They don't want you to do choreographed celebrations and must not cause excessive time wasting. 
a player must be cautioned for climbing onto a perimeter fence and or approaching the spectators in a manner in a manner that causes safety or security issues, gesturing or acting in a provocative, derisory or inflammatory way, covering the head or face with a mask or similar item, and then finally removing the shirt mm-hmm. or covering the head uh, with the shirt. Yeah. So yeah, that there, there's a lot in there to oh. unpack, uh, it's, and we're going to stick with it. Yeah, it's a confusing I, law. It is, but I'm fascinated by so many aspects of it. Starting off with, you skipped my favorite line. While it is permissible for a player to demonstrate his joy, his, of course, <laughs> when, a, when a goal has been scored, the celebration must not be excessive. So joy is permissible to certain levels. Not too much I, joy, though. No, of course not. A, a permissible amount, not an excessive amount. Uh, I also enjoy that this was clearly a rule change by committee. And I don't even mean that in a negative way, just that trying to determine what constitutes a choreographed celebration like (laughs) to the basketball joke if you have the whole team doing like a michael flatley routine that would be time wasting and i think probably frowned upon but then you will have players you know do their their practice handshake or whatever it may be and was it lukaku lingard and lukaku always had like a handshake sort of thing going on like so then that is that choreography uh pulisic and mckinney seem to have that as well and so you can't really hand out yellow cards you have to have sort of more clearly defined ones and that's where you got into that list there i thought some of those are really interesting climbing a perimeter fence all of these seem to have like the obvious reason for doing it and then the less obvious but maybe more important reason so the climbing a fence one uh but as i understand it is because a few different players have injured themselves doing that notably there's one where a player i think lost two fingers because it caught caught in the fencing and then he continued on his hand did not so there's an idea that there that it's for safety but i think it's for safety of not encouraging the crush of fans not getting players too involved with supporters and ultimately not allowing for time wasting and that is i think the big explanation for why the Uh, yellow card for taking your shirt off rule came into effect because on the surface it's just taking your shirt off throwing it around whatever throwing it and then you celebrate with your team and then you pick it up and put it back on doesn't seem like you could waste a bunch of of time but then if you have a player throwing their jersey into the crowd in celebration now you've either got to get that back or you've got to go over to the trainer and find a replacement and get that one back on and we had the famous example of Diego Forlan from Manchester United in 2002 taking his shirt off to celebrate uh, against Southampton, play resuming, and he still doesn't have his shirt on. And so he's running <laughs> around making that. a tackle while holding his shirt, playing shirtless. <laughs> uh, it's a great moment. And I guess they, Southampton chose to play through that moment and not allow the time wasting to go fully on. But I think that is sort of a big part of where this rule comes from. Yeah, so I found an athletic an athletic uh, article, easy for me to say, where they detailed how back in 2004 this was part of a package of changes to the law um, and the laws of the games designed to, as you outlined there, Taylor, to, to stop time wasting. There are, however, kind of alternative explanations yeah. for mm-hmm. the, the yellow card for, for, for taking off the shirts. Obviously, we've covered wasting time. Another explanation could be players often take off their shirts to reveal a message written mm-hmm. underneath on a you know an under armor or a compression shirt or whatever and fifa is perhaps nervous about that being a political message and we all know fifa Nothing. doesn't want politics in soccer unless it's to do with the hosting of a world cup or being best mates with uh, with mbs yeah other than that no politics allowed in football according to fifa so that might be one explanation I and think- then interestingly on your Taylor. Yeah, before you jump into the last one, I think I for me, that is the answer. I think time wasting is a part of it. I think there were moments when players were 
sort of deliberately doing that, losing their jersey. Oh, it got ripped. You're killing off some time. You're slowing things down. You're delaying the restart. But I think the major one is the political slogans. And I think that's part of why you don't want players going into the crowd as well. You don't want them climbing up onto the fencing and then lifting up their shirt to say, like, free Kosovo or free Palestine or Kosovo is Serbia if you want to go the very controversial Serbian route. Uh, I think that that we've seen that time and time again have major impact in World Cups, even when like uh, the Swiss players of Albanian descent uh, did the double-headed eagle, and that led yeah. to a, a strong reaction like and a message that I agree with, but at the same time, if you're trying to have a sort of zero-tolerance-for-political-messages approach, if you're FIFA, which it seems like they are, I, I think that's a big part of this, because you can have those little moments, but I, I, I do think there's, there's a, a time period in which those start to take on bigger and bigger significance. And in the social media era, uh, this obviously predates that to some extent, but I still think there would be more and more of that, more and more of a reaction. And it becomes, to some extent, a pretty sizable distraction from the tournament itself. And in some ways can call the tournament into question. I, I imagine we would have gotten a ton about Qatar if this rule were in effect. We still see those messages under the shirt. We still see either... Uh, like a flag under the shirt or a message written on an undershirt or something like that. But I do think they are much more infrequent because of this rule, because you can't risk picking up those yellow cards. And I think that is a big yeah. part of why this law comes in. I have a lot of thoughts in terms of how I, how I feel about the kind of blanket mm -hmm. ban on, on messages on, on, on shirts, because FIFA are incredibly heavy handed when it comes to restricting political messages in football. So, for example, from the 2022 World Cup, we had all the, all the stuff about, you know, rainbow, rainbow armbands mm -hmm. and not allowing teams to, to wear those armbands, which is obviously ridiculous and, and 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 stupid and i would consider that not to be a political message that's that's about human rights in in, in my opinion so that's where the, the their their stupid. stance i think is 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 stupid as i say i can understand though perhaps leaving the autonomy up to players to write their own political messages on shirts and then revealing those messages because while 99 out of 100 might be, you know, nothing, nothing offensive or, or anything like that, it, maybe that 100th one is like a yeah. neo-Nazi player or something mm -hmm. and that, and that isn't acceptable. So I do wonder if maybe there's, there's a, there's a middle ground here where if you have something written under a shirt, maybe you have approved by the referee before a game or if it's wishing someone a happy birthday or something like that, or if we see this quite, quite frequently. If someone has died and a player wants to, you know, um, pay tribute to that person, then having that message approved before the game seems like a sensible thing to do. And then maybe if it's something the referee doesn't know a player has under the shirt, that's when you get the booking or that's when you get the punishment. But that is maybe an exact uh, a reason why they they have that in place. It does lead to that moment where the official has to book the player, but at the same time, it's like, look, it's not me. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate you what you're doing here. Like, uh, I forget who it was who got booked for taking off their shirt to have like the show. Of, so it was a Brazilian player, I think for uh Chapaquense when there was the plane crash and they, they took off their shirt to like, like to basically saying like, we stand with you uh, and get it gets a yellow card for that. There are the, that sort of blanket approach. I understand why it's there. I don't necessarily agree with why it's there. I understand why FIFA went for that over the case by case review sort of thing, but it does lead to those sort of ridiculous moments. And I believe the player who lost the two fingers I mentioned previously did get a yellow card for going over the fencing. So even there, it's a it's applied in a pretty extreme 
sort of way. Uh, Graham, we can talk more about whether or not we agree with that uh, later on, or maybe if we agree with the rule as a whole. But there was uh, one other possible explanation that you were going to get to. And this yep. is the most, I'm assuming if it's the same one I have, the one that seems to be the most conspiratorial, but maybe also not completely incorrect. Okay, so maybe I've gone down a different Ooh, path, but okay. interestingly, when, when the law was first brought in, the article that I found, um, that I read before recording this, said that the law was, it, when it was brought in, it had the wording, taking off a jersey as an insult to the one who ah, has yes. to look. Um, that was in the IFAB mm-hmm. notes. It wasn't actually in the law of the game, but it was in the IFAB notes when it, when the new law was issued. And apparently it's in reference to how it might be viewed in some Islamic countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be some, cultural differences there as well as to, as to how it's viewed and 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 how the message of taking a shirt off is interpreted gotcha that is not what i was what i was going for i saw that one too and i think the reason why i didn't include that one in mine i'm glad you did is just because that that feels sort of in the same way that i, I saw some explanations of like well it's unfair to women's players and it's i mean like chloe Ke- tell that to chloe kelly and tell that to brandy chastain uh that felt like one where people were just sort of throwing stuff in of like I, I, I'm sure that is the case in some countries. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, like, in Turkey, which is a predominantly Muslim country, like, I saw plenty of shirtless, like, shirts versus skins games. Yeah. So, uh, who knows on, on, on that one? Uh, but that, that is another explanation I saw. And then the one that I was alluding to was the idea that taking off the shirt in a moment when the camera is on that player, they've scored the goal, they've run over with all their uh, teammates, all their teammates are around say. them. The sponsors want yep. them to be front and center. You want to be able to see, oh, team viewer is on that shirt. Oh, Aircom, Aircom, Aircom. Sure. I mean, I, I barely know what team viewer yeah. is. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> does. Mine, I don't know what that is. But what's the one that was on Ireland's jerseys for a while? Yeah, um, like earcom, like see, okay, uh, phone network or whatever. Yeah. Cool. All right, sweet. Uh, I thought that was just a me. Why did Why did you go to like an Irish sponsor? I don't list? know. <laughs> it's I had that jersey, and I remember thinking okay. like I don't know many national teams that have a sponsor on the front, so maybe that's why it stood out yeah. to me. But but I think that's the idea. That was the other more conspiratorial idea is that if you're a sponsor. You want to make sure that people are seeing your branding on that shirt when the player is celebrating, not balled up above their head and thrown into the stands. Uh, and I get where that idea comes from. I get how that idea appeals. But when you pause to look at the sort of process that it would take for that to have become a law, it means that enough sponsors are, I guess, appealing to people who are then appealing to IFAB for like, hey, we don't like it when they're taking off our, their shirts and like people are having a hard time seeing our, our logo on there. That just feels a bit too far there's probably a little bit of truth in there like i could see if somebody paid fifa a lot of money for some sort of one-off event and then they didn't feel like they were being represented enough maybe gianni infantino gets an earful uh we should note this all happens before infantino is president uh but still like maybe there are a few moments of that but overall i have a hard time believing it's a true motivation for it i would i would um find it easier to believe if all sponsors were paying FIFA. <laughs> so if, if um, you know, at a World Cup, the sponsor was on each national team shirt. So maybe you had MasterCard or Coca-Cola or whatever. And yeah. then they, those were the companies that were putting pressure on FIFA. And there is a, there's a direct impact on changing that law in terms of FIFA's bottom line. But you mentioned TeamViewer and Aircom there. I mean, FIFA's not seeing any of that money. No. That That's going to clubs and national associations. So yeah, I think I, I struggle to believe that at least I struggle to believe that there was at least direct pressure yeah. on FIFA to change that law. 
Because even if it were the individual federations getting pressure from the individual sponsors of those clubs and then going to IFAB or FIFA as a unit and saying we need this changed, I, I don't think you can really keep that under wraps. I feel like there would be reporting about like, wow, the English FA or the French FA are very upset about sponsorships on jerseys. And they like I don't I, I don't I think that would be more overtly included in the explanation or at least in the reporting thereof. So I'm inclined to believe it's FIFA being FIFA and not and wanting it to just be about like, in my opinion, put your head in the sand and enjoy the soccer. Like, don't don't think about the other things that are happening between these two countries. Sure, they hate each other and were actively at war 20 years ago, but now they're kicking a ball around. So it's fun. Um, and that goes back decades. I mean, the Dutch playing Germany in the 1950s and 60s definitely had a bit of a historical implication there. And you can see how that could bleed over. So I understand why FIFA would want to not like allow things to get too out of hand or too regularly out of hand when it comes to political messaging. But I also think that's part of why we love the game because it exposes us to different people from different walks of life and the experiences of those people and the plight of uh, Kosovar refugees and Albanian refugees in, in Switzerland and the breakup of Yugoslavia. I do think for me, that's, that's a part of why yeah. I love the game. So to kind of have that passively removed while blaming it on time wasting is, is just a little bit of an ick for me. Yeah, to go off on a slight tangent, one of FIFA's biggest problems is they, they feel like they are removed from global politics. They believe they are a political force in their own right. They think they have the power of a government, of a country, yep. and you can never remove football from society and from politics because um, politics is all around us. So that, that speaks to why there is a pretty heavy-handed and I would yeah. say an ineffective rule in place over this. It is a reflection of how FIFA thinks of itself. Yeah, um, forgive me for like an extended analogy, but I like I still listen to the uh, last podcast on the left, the True Crime podcast, and I was listening recently to the one they did, uh, the three-part series on Bonnie and Clyde. And they were talking about when Bonnie and Clyde are eventually uh, gunned down or, or shot and the, and the car is rolled into town with them still in it, that there are these hordes of people trying to like get locks of hair off of them and like steal rings and steal articles of clothing. And they were telling that story to then say like they do interviews when people are like, but why true crime now? And their point is like everyone has been obsessed with true crime always. Everyone has always been obsessed with this. You cannot remove those two things. There's a morbid fascination with crime and with uh, violent acts, I think. And I would say the same thing when it comes to politics and soccer in a weird way that like you can't those things have existed. They've been intertwined from Italy doing the fascist salute in front of in front of Adolf Hitler, or excuse, uh, England doing the fascist salute in front of Adolf Hitler. Like there have always been the willingness to use sport for political reasons. We've talked about that before. So I think in some ways this is FIFA just wanting to be able to control that or at least exert some authority over it to make sure it doesn't happen too regularly. I don't think that law is going to change. I don't see how they could. I look at some a league like the NFL that really tried to stamp down on uh, those really choreographed, uh, choreographed, choreographed over the top celebrations. But that to me was more about it was like disrespecting the game, disrespecting your opponent. You're making it too much about yourself and not uh, uh, as much about your team. Uh, and then when they did make those rule changes, it then led to 
Like the Lambeau Leap was the famous one where if you scored at Lambeau Field, if you're a Packer player, you're going to run and jump into the stands. I believe that became a penalty and a fine, and they may have rolled that back later on, but there are those unintended consequences that sort of erode some of the institutions. So I don't think that rule will change, but there are just those iconic moments. I do not love Ryan Giggs as a person, for sure, but that celebration after scoring against Arsenal yeah. in the FA Cup is one of the most like iconic for me as a Manchester United so fan. So, so hairy. So, so, like, a time before Manscaped, one yes. might say. Playing in a wool sweater in July is a, is a risky <laughs> proposition, but he went for it. But I, I, I think it does sort of remove some of the spontaneity of that moment. And then in the case of Abubakar that I mentioned previously, for him to get a red card for that moment, sure, the argument would be like, well, why are you taking your jersey off to celebrate uh, when you know you're on a yellow card and when you're still losing? Like, like because you scored in the World Cup, man. Like, like, I think to some extent, emotion goes, like reason goes out the window. If I scored in the World Cup, I have no idea what I would do, but I know that the celebration wouldn't be cool or or well thought out. It would be the most like spontaneous act of joy. And as we know, permissible amounts of joy are acceptable. So I, I, <laughs> I get why the rule is there. I, it just still feels like a thing that doesn't really need to be there and isn't really solving a persistent problem the way I think FIFA could maybe dedicate some time to uh, focusing on other issues. You mentioned earlier the referee's demeanor Mm -hmm. to having to book a player that has just taken their shirt off celebrating a goal. And the one I always remember um, with that in mind, and you mentioned this celebration already, but it's Chloe Kelly last summer scoring Mm -hmm. the the winner for for England in, in, in the Euros final. That is very much... English women's football's um, Brandy Chastain moment. It is at Wembley. It's a tournament that really did catch the imagination of of not just English football fans, but the English public in, in general. The viewership of that game was through the roof and she scores the winner. And uh, Nike actually used that image of her and the sports bra running around the Wembley pitch to like launch a whole campaign, which spoke to how iconic a, a, an image that was mm-hmm. for English football. And then the re- referee has to come over and I remember her kind of putting her arm around Chloe Kelly, kind of being like, sorry, I have to do this. Like, the, I have no no choice. And then yep. showing the yellow card, which just feels, yeah, just feels off. The tone of that just doesn't feel right at all. It does then also allow that, like, let me choose my words carefully here. Like, I feel like some of the coverage of that story was like, she did it in defiance of the yellow card. Like, she did, even knowing that she would be booked, she still did that. It's more of just like, no, it's just a thing that I think people do. It's just yeah, a, I don't think anything that Chloe Kelly did in that moment was planned. No, no not at all. <laughs> I mean, like, unless she's doing like a Stone Cold Steve Austin, like ripping it down the neckline and then catching a beer and downing it. Like, maybe that is an homage to Stone Cold. Short of that, I think it's just the emotion of the moment. I had a buddy... Uh, who scored in a in a cup game? Uh, who like I think it was like a, a free kick in Scotland, and uh, then like took the jersey off, celebrated, and the ref the ref came over and was like, "Hey, great goal, great strike, yellow card." Walked away. Like that's all it was. And and I and I like how they have still have to do that. Like there are the armor on the shoulder officials. There are the just sort of like no nonsense. Hey, you broke the rules, and now here's your card, Judge Dread style. And I like the the medium of like, "Hey, well done. Here's your yellow." Get back. Like, let's, <laughs> let's start it again. Uh, Graham, any other thoughts on this one, whether or not it should be uh, revised, whether or not there needs to be different language, or uh, if you think we're just going to have this one be the rule for quite some time? 
I think it will be in place for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But personally, I, I don't like the rule as it is. I just think it puts a dampener on some of yep. the most joyous moments in, in, in football. You know, the Chloe Kelly moment I, I, I just spoke about there. Um, and if it's time-wasting that IFAB and FIFA are, are concerned about, then let's have a common sense rule where the referee judges what is reasonable and, and what isn't, rather than having this, this, this blanket rule that really feels heavy-handed. Yes, if, if a player taking their shirt off results in the game being paused for you know three minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. then okay, maybe a yellow card yeah. is justified in that instance. But it really does feel pretty heavy-handed. And I think of some of the all-time great celebrations, full stop, not just shirt-off celebrations, some of the best celebrations of all time have featured a player taking their shirt off i mean um mario balotelli has had a couple of them i always me yeah i mean so technically i don't know if his counts as like a shirt off but he lifts his shirt mm-hmm. off and then he has the why always me message the day after he'd blown up his bathroom with fireworks um as the context there and he'd been in the in the national tabloids but then also there's a proper shirt off celebration by balotelli at uh, Euro 2012 for Italy in the semi-finals when he scores that banger against Germany in the semi-finals and he just stands there and flexes which is like a serious a serious look that's a strong look for Balotelli so that's one of his most iconic celebrations and then I think of Messi scoring at the Bernabeu for Barcelona and taking his shirt yeah. off and then holding it up Yo. to the Real Madrid fans so that they, they can read his name on the back of the shirt. So Messi was never really a great, I, no. I mean, he's still playing, but he, he has never been a great celebrator of goals. But that is probably, to my mind, his, his most iconic goal celebration. Yeah. Because Ronaldo has the same thing where he would take the shirt off and flex and do the jump and the sue or yeah. whatever it is. You're right. Messi doesn't really have that. But at the same time, that is one of the most iconic goal celebrations ever and does re- uh, involve the shirt being removed. I love the specificity of if he removes his shirt or covers his head with a shirt. So if you just lift it up, fine. But if you cover your head, apparently that's the bridge too far. That's untenable if you're FIFA. So just knowing, I guess, as Balotelli did, if you just lift it up and hold it up, no booking and you're fine. Graham, would you be okay with it? This is my final question. Uh, I feel like growing up, we used to get the cameras staying on the pitch invader and you would see them run around and be Mm. chased by security people and that would be sort of entertainment unto itself. And then there was obviously the move to not show that, that as soon as there's a pitch invader, they cut to replays, they cut to people in the crowd. They often don't even mention it. So you're sort of like, what's happening? Why are we doing this? Would you be okay if they changed the rule so that it was no longer a yellow card with the caveat that if there is any sort of political messaging in the celebration, that they're going to cut away. And they're just going to show fans celebrating, they're going to show the bench, but they're not going to show the individual. Is that an okay trade-off? I mean, yeah, I guess the, the you're still going to have a lot of people in the stadium that are going to see yeah, a message. Um, but w- I guess you could say you can't you can't really police, police invader, eh, police invaders, eh, pitch invaders, but you can police players to to mm-hmm. an extent so i don't think fifa are going to go for that yeah. at all but i just want to see football players with their shirts off i don't know what that says about me yeah. but it's fun i don't know it's just a fun way to celebrate a goal i just think i think the the defense of the law is always going to be from a fifa perspective of you're saying this like if they're talking to me they would be saying you're saying this from a perspective of you want a message that you agree with what happens, as we've seen before, with a player refusing to wear the rainbow armband or the rainbow numbers because they don't agree with the message or having a message on the shirt that you don't agree with? Where is that line? And I think, 
uh, as John Oliver put it, like it stops somewhere. There's a line somewhere that I think we can comfortably land upon. But I think maybe cutting away would remove some of that and allow FIFA to continue to put that head in the sand. Uh, but regardless, we know now that uh, the law was changed in 2004. Yellow card uh, comes in, into place for the taking off of the shirt. Uh, I feel like we answered a fairly simple question uh, with a lot of other information behind it, which is what we're all about on Soccer 101, because I do love that because there are so many possible explanations for this one, to some extent, I think all of them have at least a degree of validity. Yeah, I kind of love these episodes where you get a question from the Discord. Did you take mm -hmm. this one from listener questions, Taylor? Is this I think it was where a this submitted listener question, yeah. Yeah, and, and at first I, I'm thinking to myself, how are we going to get an episode out of that? But actually when I did some digging, there, there's quite a bit behind it. So I guess that speaks to the original concept, the true yep. concept of Soccer 101. Yeah, I, I think sometimes the more specific the question, the more specific the idea, the more into the weed you can get on it. And then there's always a lot of info in there, including just watching Diego Forlan run around shirtless. And uh, that's always a good time. Graham Ruthman, thank you for spending half an hour talking about yellow cards and shirtless celebrations, all the while keeping your shirt on uh, a consummate professional. There's still time in this episode, Taylor. There's still time. Thank you. If, if, we, if I didn't have wired headphones, uh, I, I might have gone for it, but I'm pretty sure I would have like <laughs> knocked over a coffee and the monitor and the recording setup, and nobody needs that. Now that we are winding down, maybe I will. Uh, but listeners, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will have another Soccer 101 episode for you next week. Uh, and until then, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. 